Crossover Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. This is a show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a big heaping full, spoonful of sports talk. Sorry, I'm just so excited right now. I've forgotten how to do the intros. Joining me today, Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? I'm well, thank you. The team that I said was going to win the Stanley Cup on this podcast for the playoff did. Yes, they absolutely did, and I thank you for that. Good day for me. Yeah, it was uh, the team that I cheer for, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, who uh, one hell of a one hell of a run. Uh, honestly, less stressful in hindsight than it was in the moment for me. But I, I, I got to tell you, I did not well, enjoy. I really only they won the Stanley Cup without playing an elimination game. That's true. That's true. Never, never faced the elimination. The game six if you're against win the Stanley Cup. That's the way to do it. The game that's six against for... St. Louis felt that way, but yeah, sure did. Yeah, yeah. They gave, especially the way they lost that fifth game. Because good lord, that was that was something. That's the one kind of blemish on the resume. Is how the hell did that happen? <laughs> right, like that. They really should not have lost that game. They should have went like sixteen and three, probably. But uh, yeah, they 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 no showed uh, game three of the final. Well, I shouldn't say. Well, they, yeah, no, they no showed game three of the final. I think that. Wow, well, they they no showed the last period and a half. I would say because it, it was three two, and then Tampa, Tampa yeah, really really, really, took, really took over in that. That that was the first time they really that, got worked. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, they could have won every game they played. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe game two. And see, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the, St. Louis the, St. Louis that one. That one, I think St. Louis scored the empty netter or something to win 4-2, but both teams were in that. Like, both teams played well in that game, but that was a legit win by the by the Blues in game two, for sure. And they, then, they... yeah, you look at the, yeah, so, yeah, legit win by the Blues. You look at uh, the, the two losses against Tampa. Uh, one was a game where Palat scored at the very end, and the other was, like, the, the previous no-show. So, really, like, with a couple of breaks, and I know they got breaks on the other side. There's games that they won they could have lost, but uh, th- th- this could have been a 16-2 and two hypothetically, or 16-1 and one if things get, went really well. Because, um, yeah, they were the best team, and they won. Yeah, I, I just – I mean, they were favored all year by Vegas. I thought they might have dropped and, the odds on them after they started, like, 10-10 and 10 or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, they started 10-10 and 10 because their goalies were hurt, right? And, and Eustace Anonen was starting a ton of games for them. And, and hindsight, that uh, unfortunately ended up costing them the, the, the most wins in a single season record that – opening month and the other thing was the shooting percentage is also weirdly low yeah in that so that 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 time frame as well so it's just a bad time to have your shooters go cold while your goalies run around but uh things bounce back and they won a ton of games the rest of the way and 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 then they went and won the stanley cup so it uh it's a really good team with a bunch of really good players on it and now they won so we'll see what they do next because they've got a big summer ahead of them we'll talk about that later but first let's talk more about uh, the fact that they won yeah, I mean, just just a phenomenal run, I thought. I mean, one of the all-time, I think, great uh, deadline acquisitions by Sackick. Uh, just the, the – I would say the, the only thing that he – like, that Sackick learned – like, the, the, I think the big lesson he learned from last season was you just got to do a little bit more at the deadline. Because last year, I, I he was set with his roster, which I – was fine. That was a roster that could have and probably should have won a uh, a, a cup during that that weird uh, 
four division well, if year. Well, if Cotton didn't get himself suspended for that, Justin Falk hit, who knows what happens against Vegas? Yeah, that's true. He would he would have been a disruptor against that Vegas team for sure. But it, it was also just like, I mean, I came on this podcast and I said, I, I, like, I because a lot of people were calling for Bednar to be fired the way they got pseudo swept against Vegas. I mean, it, it wasn't a sweep. They lost in six, but they were up two nothing and then lost four straight. So it was kind of a sweep. And, um, and further that, uh, um, uh, Grubauer just absolutely thieved game two. Like they, they could yeah. have very easily and should have lost five in a row. Yeah. And there, yeah, there was that questionable and there, yeah, there was the questionable pseudo soft call on Rantanen in overtime, uh, that led to the power play goal. That was the game winner. Uh, in game two, so that was again, yeah, you're 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 right that they didn't look strong in the back five games of that series for sure. And the biggest question that I had coming out of that was that I needed an, an answer for because I, I wasn't one of the guys who was screaming fire Bednar. There was a certain section of Avs fans that were saying fire Bednar. He can't get them over the hump. This is terrible. I said I, I believe I I said on this podcast. He shouldn't be fired, but I need an explanation as to why uh, Bo Byram was wearing a suit and Patrick Nemeth, who was a deadline acquisition to bring that full circle by uh, by Sackick last year, why why he was on the ice and Bo Byram was not. And I did end up getting my answer on that, which was the concussions were just so bad for Byram that he couldn't get out there. So I, I was glad that I at least got the answer there. But, like, man, Patrick Nemeth... As a trade deadline acquisition, I have never been so convinced that I, I know you can't fix hockey games per se, Craig. But if if there was ever a huge gambling scandal, and there might be with the the god awful amount of bet three six five and whatnot commercials we got during these Stanley Cup Finals, uh, enough so that they are actively ruining any reruns of Breaking Bad for me because I just I can't stand to see Aaron Paul anymore. Uh, the the, the like Patrick Nemeth last year like actively actively I thought sabotaged the the uh, the Colorado Avalanche, um, and then this year, man, everybody he brought everybody he brought in at the deadline had had a moment. As I, I, furthermore, pretty much everyone on this team had a moment at something during this run. But obviously, Arturi Lekin and one of the best deadline acquisitions. Uh, of recent memory, maybe of all time, and and four game-winning goals, including the, the, the OT winner that sends in the cup final, and then the eventual cup winner. Uh, Justin Barron, it does, like, he could basically become the greatest defenseman who ever laced up a pair of skates, and it would not matter. And uh, I don't think he'll get quite that far, but I do think he'll be a damn good player in Montreal. Yeah, I'm hoping that trade turns into a disaster for Montreal, obviously. I don't think um, it will, to be honest. I, I think Barrett's going to be uh, stuck. Well, yeah, uh, whether it, it does or it doesn't, obviously, for Colorado, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, we'll talk about the offseason in a second, but I think that they're going to get term on any of their free agents. Lekkonen's the one. Uh, the, there's the RFA year and a bunch of other reasons, but again, we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, yeah, the deadline acquisition for Manson had an overtime goal um, in, in, yes. uh, in the playoff run. Uh, Andrew Cogliano had some moments like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they went out and got guys that, that wound up doing stuff at important times for them. So uh, that's what you're supposed to do at the deadline. And I would say that if you look at cup runs over the last few years, 
uh, yeah, the 2020 Lightning, even though it was kind of a weird season and it wasn't like right from the deadline to the playoffs, but they, they had Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow come in and those were big acquisitions. But, you know, Tampa last year, St. Louis uh, before that, and even that Washington team, there wasn't a whole lot of deadline work that was done with those teams. Uh, Pittsburgh both times. You know, everyone has a couple of guys here and there. But Colorado brought in a top six forward. They brought in a top four defenseman, and it worked out. It paid off. So uh, that'll go down as one of the better deadlines that we've seen based on the stuff they they did and the result. Yeah, it, it was – and even like Nico Sturm, I know it, it ended up going in the books as a uh, Andrew Cogliano goal, but again, that's those are two deadline acquisition guys that were on the, the same line. But there was a fourth-line goal for Colorado that tied the game uh, at twos in game four, which uh, led to the eventual Nazem Kadri uh, game, uh, you know, over overtime winner with a with half a hand. And, uh, like, I know it went in the books as Andrew Cogliano's goal because it went off his hip, but it was Nico Sturm who shot the puck in. So that was his big moment. Like, literally everybody had a, 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 a moment at some point in this series. It was it, it was. Oh, it, was, it was so great. It's such a great run. It's nice to have. It's great to be able to go to YouTube and look up some Avalanche Cup uh, finals or, or just uh, like a, have a nice clips of a cup run that's actually in high definition. Greg, because I got to tell you, all the like the old standard def of uh, Sackick handing the cup to Bork was a little bit like, oh man, that looks like garbage. But, you know, it is what it is. But. I gotta tell you, I I, I I want this for you as a Leafs fan. I can't tell you how much it might kill you if the Leafs go on a deep run to the Cup final because this was this might have been one of the least stressful on paper, least stressful Cup runs. Of all time, and I still was like coming apart at the seams pretty much every there night. Were two so. Yeah, two, two sweeps, <laughs> and I was still coming apart at the seams a lot. It was just, oh man, I'm, I'm. It definitely wasn't as stressful as like I mean, although the '96 run they swept in the finals, but that game four against Chicago took ten years off the back end of my life. In 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 that one, that triple overtime. Yeah, and there weren't any deep overtimes. None of the overtime they played in six overtimes. I don't think any of them went over ten minutes. Maybe one. A lot of them didn't even go two minutes. I don't think so. And they. Most of those overtimes, they were killing them too. But and it was they, just like they didn't—they didn't lose an overtime, did they? Yeah, uh, game five to the Blues. Uh, oh, Tyler Bozak. Tyler right, right, yeah, Tyler yeah. Bozak. That was—that was the okay. only one. Oh, they went five, going five and one in overtime helps because obviously that could just as easily have been one and five. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although if you look back at a lot of those overtimes, those were not uh, close. Sure, but yeah, no. Here's the thing, though. It like. You know, look at the the dare I say game six overtime Montreal Toronto last year. That overtime yeah. didn't close either. Fair, yeah, you know, very fair. Uh, you know, you take one weird bounce off a shin pad, and that's the game. Um, so yeah, that's just that's the the nature of the beast in overtime. I and mean, yeah, that's the thing about this Cup final is uh, there were you know there were six games. Uh, each team won two in regulation, and Colorado got the two overtimes. Like the the, yeah. the right team yeah. won, I think, but you know. This yeah. could have gone the other way. The other team got the two overtimes, right? For sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, the Lightning, man. Um, they're tough. They're, they're, 
They're very good. You had a seven-game series with them, if not for a weird pick call on uh, Justin Hall. Who knows? Justin Hall. That, yeah, uh, who uh, knows, uh, right? One that people don't talk about enough is the, the that game got tied in a five-on-three, the game six, uh, that Cal and Foote had an all-time sell job pretending he got high sticked in the face when the stick hit him in the shoulder. That right. doesn't happen. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a different game. Yeah, that was that that was a weird one. Oh man, that like, I don't know. I thought uh, all all I heard all the all the uh, after it was over was you know you got to respect Tampa and their run and whatnot. And I'm like, I yeah, I mean, I respect the run, but I thought they came unglued in uh, the back half of this series, especially in Game the Six. Back and... of, the back half of Game Six, yeah. Game Five, I thought they played really well. Yeah, uh, but certainly Game Six. Yeah. Certainly, game six em- embarrassed the, themselves uh, a little bit. I thought I, uh, they, the, third, you... the third period definitely because here's what happened is yeah uh, there was only one line of the team that was generating any sort of offense. Sorelli was too banged up for that line to do anything, and then the other like it just it wasn't going well for anybody else. So it was the Stamkos, Kucherov, and Palat line that was it, and they weren't generating anything. They had they had like Tampa Bay had one scoring chance in the third period. That shot that Kucherov was able to sort of get... Uh, the one-timer, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one-timer, and, and Kemper's able to get post-to-post off the shot. That was it. Like, Tampa Bay just didn't have a lot of scoring chances because... They had four shots in that third period. Yeah, exactly. So, because of that, they were getting frustrated, and not in a way that they we've typically seen them get frustrated over the years, where Stamkos is firing pucks at the referee, which, that was under-discussed, in my estimation. That, oh, that absolutely. That just because, like, you can't do that. But he he no. fired the puck directly at the referee because he didn't like the call. And not just, like, sailed it at him. Wound yeah. up and slap-shotted a puck at a referee. Like, you can make a legit case that three of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning should have been tossed from Game 6 and should probably be facing at least a one-game suspension for 2022-2023 season. Stay close with the puck firing. McDonough's... McDonough, the only penalty Tampa Bay got was when he absolutely boarded uh, Helm. He only got two minutes, but that should have been five in a game. In literally any other capacity of hockey, that was five in a game. Oh, it, it was it was worse than what – like, is someone on the Leafs – who on the Leafs got suspended for game two? Kyle Clifford got suspended Ka- for a game. For that exact same thing, right? Like five minutes into the series, got got suspended – got kicked out of game one – and suspended for game two for exactly what McDonough did to Helm. Helm got to, or, and McDonough got two minutes. And then Pat Maroon absolutely should have been tossed after the uh, uh, for that two-handed axe handle smash he did on uh, Josh Manson after the tying goal. Which, uh, by the way, because they were pissed off about the Belmar thing. Which, by the way, Belmar flopped. <laughs> like Belmar absolutely flopped. I don't know what he was thinking. He wasn't getting the call uh, for for a flop I, yeah, near I, the opposing I, I, blue there, line. There was there was a bit of a dive there, but I think that gets that's one that if it wasn't whistles away for the most part, third period of uh, game six of the Cup final, like that that one's probably called in February. Yeah, that's like, a fa- that's so, fair to say. Yeah, yeah. And so like I I say I get why Tampa Bay said, well, we're we're not happy about this, and 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 you look at the you know they're they're mad about the cadre too many men thing, which again they have a case. But we were just talking about the two incredible breaks officiating-wise they got against the Leafs. They scored with seven guys on the ice against the Islanders a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was a huge goal. That was a goal in Game 7. The only like, goal that was like, scored in that game. Yes, exactly. They had won 11 playoff series in a row. 
we named two. I just named like three massive breaks they got from the refs off the top of my head. I'm sorry they didn't get enough of them in the 12th series. Like, come on. At some point, you know, this <laughs> yeah. stuff is going to even out. And it, was, and it had gone your way for a long time. So shut the hell up. Yeah, and the and the the Cadre thing in Game Four, while yes, controversial, they also had seven guys on the they had seven guys on the ice during that infamous snapshot that people were attempting to use of like here is and like yeah, it was probably too many men, but that sort of stuff happens like nineteen times a game, right? Like and, and like and, I don't know, that happens literally. It, it wasn't that egregious to me, uh, quite frankly. And then like the whole John Cooper, John Cooper, really like. What a weasel that guy is. He's he's well, like he decided to pull the I'm gonna get all the attention on me and take it off the players because we're down three one thing. It was it was a think, coaching tactic. You thought I so? Really, yep, yep. Mm. I think really I thought it was I thought it was sour grapes. I thought it was honestly no, sour I, grapes. Here, here's, here's why I here's why I think it was the coaching tactic. He mm. did the thing where he went out for two minutes, which I I've never seen that. It was weird. Doesn't take any questions. Like I thought if he was really gonna be there to whine, he would have said exactly what he didn't like about the goal and he would have rattled off all the different like this guy was uh too many men and he didn't get there on time. He would have said exactly what he was complaining about, then he would have complained to the league. Mm. But instead of doing that, he goes out for two minutes and I can't really talk to you guys right now because he wanted everyone talking about John Cooper after the game and not the fact that the Lightning had lost an OT game that they, A, were ahead in and B, like they they weren't the better team in that game, not by a long shot. No. So I think that was the play. That was the play is let's have everybody after the game be talking about me instead of what's going on with the players, um, which, you know, it worked for game five and that's fine. I think it made him look ridiculous, but... Whatever. Yeah, I think he would say, hey, the fact that we won game five means that it worked out, which fine. OK, great. But that's what I, that's what I really believe it was, because I think if it was just going to be a get angry about the referees thing, you would have gone about that a very different way. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just weird coaching against a team that gets five timeouts every game. You know, it's, yes. it's and that real was, that was ridiculous. That was yeah. ridiculous. Uh, and and what I think should happen, and we'll see if it goes on this summer, there should be a discussion where, okay, as soon as the goal goes in, like there is, like you know, there like something goes up on the penalty clock or something, where it's like you've got thirty seconds. Yeah. And once this zero, doesn't matter what else is going on the ice, who needs a skate change, whether the goalie needs to like redo his equipment or whatever it happens to be, doesn't matter. Once that clock goes, you're done. Yeah, no challenging it. To me, me what the NHL should be trying to do is have it so there's as few reviews as possible. And I hear this all the time. Get it right, get it right, get it right, get it right. They get it right on the ice way, 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 way more than way more often than not. Way more often. Because what those ones where the coach kind of milks it always winds up being is the play where, hey, did the puck come out a quarter of a centimeter outside of the zone or was was someone into the zone a little bit quicker than somebody else or like those like really really annoying reviews cuz this is the example that I'm going to use permanently when talking about this rule I understand why we have reviews for offside from this perspective women's gold medal game at the Olympics this year uh Sarah Nurse was offside by 6 feet and somehow whoever was doing lines missed it Canada scores yeah okay that doesn't count fair enough I I'm fine with it doesn't count because you were six feet offside. I get really annoyed with the reviews of you were six centimeters offside. You know what I mean? And and there's no way to park that in the rules. You're either onside or you're not. So, like, I get why we want to have reviews so that Sarah – well, 
Nurse didn't score, but you know what I mean. So that mm-hmm. gold from the women's gold medal game doesn't count because, again, Nurse was offside by six feet, so that shouldn't count. But the ones where, hey, you were six centimeters offside get really annoying really fast. And that's what we were talking about with that Cooper review, and they wanted more time and more time and more time. And eventually they they realized that it was off and, and asked for the review, and they got it, and they got it right. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was silly that uh, they got as much time to make that decision as they did. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And, I mean, like, I get it. We don't want, like, the, the Matt Duchesne goal, which, coincidentally enough, I believe is and the that's... first. I, I, I think that was the first time I remember uh, the Colorado Avalanche in any sort of capacity trending on Twitter was the was the Matt Duchesne offside goal in, like, 2013 or 2012, whenever it was. Yeah, and, like, and that's why tw- we have this rule. And, again. Matt yeah. Duchesne was offside by four feet for that. Oh, game. God, he so, was so far offside, was yeah. More, more than that. It was more than that. Uh, so, like, those big obvious ones I get. And the Duchesne one, whether he scored there or not, didn't really matter. It was some meaningless Nashville-Colorado game from, you know, the middle of the season. Neither team was good. Uh, maybe yeah. Nashville would have been good. Colorado certainly wouldn't have been. Um, mm-hmm. No. But you look at, like, you know, do we want a goal where someone's six feet offside counting in a gold medal game? Because if that review didn't exist for the IHF, that's what would have happened. And the Americans would have rightfully been pissed off that you missed that offside call. But I just I hate the ones where it's just like, oh, maybe this person's a quarter of an, a quarter of an inch offside where it clearly has no effect on the play whatsoever. You know what I yeah. mean? Like whether that person was onside or offside had zero impact on whether that puck went in the net like the nurse one. Clearly, it was an impact. You know, she had an impact there. The other ones, no, not even close. So it just, it's annoying, but I just don't see any way to legislate it without me making it so you can't review those obvious ones, even though those obvious ones are so few and far between that the two that you and I have been talking about in this podcast are basically the only two I can think of. And they're pretty famous. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. they, 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 they happen like, you know, once every five years. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Matthew Shane one is is obviously the most egregious. And if you ever want a bit of comedy, I highly recommend going on. It's I know it's on YouTube. Listen to the altitude call of that with uh, uh, with Mosier and McNabb, who are just like, oh, my God. I get, like, And they're the Colorado Avalanche homers, right? And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's a goal. That was so far offside. This is ridiculous. <laughs> How is this a goal? Like, the two of them are just cracking up. Like, you got to be kidding me with that. Uh, that one... Uh, are you worried that we're headed towards being able to challenge too many men in the ice next uh, during this offseason? Is that going to be a discussion at the GM meetings and, and might I be something? Not. It would be really annoying. No, that would be very bad. Because like, that's another thing. But the Avalanche got hosed on basically that exact thing uh, in the Game 7 against San Jose a few years ago, right? Like Nathan McKinnon scores a tying goal. And they call it back because they're like, Gabe Landeskog's offside. And they're like, Gabe Landeskog's not in the play. Gabe Landeskog is trying to unhook the the bench. And the bench is not, like, the door to the bench is not coming undone. And just because the bench in San Jose on that side of the ice is is on the, you know, is on the inside zone of the blue line, that's offside? Like, that's garbage. <laughs> like, and and so, that, that, so that's why I, I, I felt like that came back around five years later or four years later or whatever it was. Uh, on the on the cadre goal, uh, so that's one. Um, let's talk about Nazem Kadri. Uh, All time great playoff performance this year. Coming into likely a huge payday, first Muslim born player to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, 
did so with a busted hand after a cheap shot from Evander Kane in the Western Conference Finals. And comes back, first playoff game, score, like just uh, like scores the OT winner in game four with this weird slap shot, like this weird slap of a shot that he did. Not a slap shot, but like go back and watch it. He just kind of like chops at it like it's a piece of wood. I don't know. And somehow elevated it enough to score uh, a weird goal. They gave us all Pat Kane in 2010 vibes against the Flyers where nobody knew it went in. Uh, the it, it Oh, it was just a, a tremendous player, a great member of the Avalanche. So happy for him. Um, not to be a dick on this one, Craig, but of all the guys that got away from the Toronto Maple Leafs, is Kadri the one that really got away? Um, it's well, tough. There, there's revisionist history a little bit on that trade. There is a which, lot of revisionist history. Yeah. Because what I said at the time was, look, I understand why they had to move him because mm-hmm. he had lost his mind in the playoffs two years in a row. They couldn't trust him. I understand why they had to move him. The original trade they had was Kadri to Calgary for TJ Brody, which, this looking is, back yeah. at things, yeah. that would have been a really nice trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses his uh, his no trade, winds up in Colorado instead for Tyson Berry, which was not the preferred deal of the Leafs. Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot, uh, which, again, was not the preferred deal of the Leafs. They wanted Brody, but it's what happened. Yeah. That's, so, that gets for, that gets uh, lost a little bit is the, the fact that he, he, he did use his no trade to uh, – to nix that trade to the to the Flames, that's what uh, that that one gets lost more than anything in the in the revisionist history of the of the Kadri trade thing. Um, yeah, Tyson Berry was not choice. Now I know that some people would say, "Hey, if you can't get equal value for Kadri, you shouldn't move him." But that again, that wasn't the mood of the market at the time. No. That wasn't the mood. Uh, and like again, he'd been suspended. He'd been suspended for two playoff series in a row, two that they had lost. Like it just. It was time to move on. It was, and he did it one on. more time in Colorado. <laughs> like, yeah. Leaf, well, so Leafs that. fans the were taking their victory lap when that happened, that right? Left Leafs, like that's not what happened. That's not what happened. No. He, again, he played the the Colorado Avalanche lost a playoff series that Nazem Kadri could have played in, but didn't because he was suspended, which was the exact same thing that got him kicked out of Toronto. Yeah. So I I, I just the idea that well. Kyle Dubas, you should have seen this coming. A, if you had told someone the day that Kyle Dubas made that trade that Nazem Kadri is going to get suspended in the playoffs again, everyone would have been like, oh, yeah, no, you have to do this. You have to do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's very revisionist history to say this is obviously a bad trade at the time. Now, some people said, hey, I didn't like the value and you should have stuck with the player. There were people saying that those were minority of voices. There were yes. people saying. Yeah. Um, and, and I got it. Like, I, I, I didn't hate the idea i just understood from the front office's perspective why it had to go the way that it did so and good trade in colorado they bought low on a distressed asset Kadri was a distressed asset at that point Mm -hmm. they bought low good for them um and we'll see sort of what um what kind of money he's going to get this offseason i don't know if he's going to be staying there unless he wants to take a pretty big haircut but um they they made a good trade and it was a it was a Stanley Cup winning trade. They probably don't win the cup without that deal. No, and, and like you and I came on this podcast when that trade happened because obviously it was the first 
big significant thing that ever happened where it's like, hey, this involves the two teams that we have. We should probably talk about this because at the time it was considered a blockbuster, right? Because it was, was a big deal. Yeah, it was a very big deal. And and we, I think, came on this podcast and said, this makes sense for both teams. It's one of those rare trades where it makes perfect sense for both teams. The Avs had a, had a surplus of defensemen. Uh, coming in and weren't going to be able to re-sign Tyson Berry anyway. So, uh, and they needed a second line center. And so they get Kadri, who was on a nice little deal. And they give uh, Barry to the Leafs, who at the time needed a puck-moving defenseman or, or like, an yep. offensive defenseman. They, well, and they needed a right-shot defenseman. Right-shot defenseman, yeah. And he's got Kerfoot in that trade, too. Yeah, and they kicked in Kerfoot as a little sweetener because, you know, the Avs were obvious. And Kerfoot has had a great role in the three years he's been with the Leafs, right, as a yeah, as good. a bottom-six guy. He's been, he's been or, yeah, pretty much... Yeah, he's, he's played a lot with Tavares and Nylander as yeah. well, so... Yeah, playing uh, yeah. bottom now, six so and like, sometimes top six. Obviously, going back, if you're the Leafs, you wish you didn't do the trade. You yeah. wish you kind of stuck out with Kadri. But, like, that's a hindsight thing. And I just – anyone saying, oh, yeah, it was very obvious in the moment that this was the the wrong deal for the Leafs. Like, uh, that, that just I, – I have a hard time believing that everyone – that anyone actually said that. I know there are people that said, oh, yeah, I know they should have, like, waited out with Kadri. But everyone understood the thought process behind the deal. So – you know, and he can go on television and say, hey, everyone thought I was a liability in the playoffs and kiss my ass. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I that would was note, great. I, which was fine. I would note to yeah. Nazem in that moment that you were also a liability for Colorado in the playoffs 12 months ago. Like, that yeah. was a thing that happened. And you um, could argue that him getting kicked out, I think, I think there's a strong argument that you could argue him getting kicked out of the one year with Colorado is more egregious than the two years he did it in... Uh, yeah, you didn't learn your lesson, man. Well, not only that, but the Leafs needed Kadri to be that guy in those Bruins series, right? He just took it a little too far, but they needed him to be that guy. They needed that grit. They needed that that fire, that 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 sandpaper, if you will. All the all the cliche, all the hockey cliches. You Whereas need. the Blue series was a sweep. Yeah, the Blue series is going to be a sweep every time. They won two ga- two and a half games without him. For God's sake, right? right? Like it, it was, it was like that was going to be a sweep every time. There was no need to take Falk out. <coughs> oh God, excuse me, uh, choking on my own rage here. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, no, it was. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, it it, it just uh, that that's just, that's that's part of the story. And and good for him. He's overcome. He's he, he had a whole playoff run where nothing like that happened. So good for him. Maybe mm-hmm. he's over it. Whatever. I'm happy for him. I truly am. But, yeah, the people say, well, this looks bad on Kyle Dubas now. What an idiot. Yeah, fire Dubas. <laughs> like, no, that's not what people are saying about the trade at the time. I can promise you that. Uh, the ironic thing was Steve Simmons tweeting out the Nazem Kadri kiss my ass quote, which I suspect he was going to take a shot at the Leafs front office, which he always does. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, everyone that replies to me like, dude, oh, Steve. this is – this is about you, Steve. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're one of the people he's telling to kiss his ass. That's yeah. you're one of those people. <laughs> oh, Steve, always up to something. Ah, uh, where do you think Kadri ends up? Um, I will say, I thought about. No, I'll say Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, that's that's the most. Li- I would say that's the the like if Vegas was given odds, that's probably the most likely. Uh, the one thing I will say, as far as the Avs having all of these UFAs, 
And you probably have experienced some of this as a Denver Broncos fan. And between the two of us, we have a collective six titles uh, coming out of the state of Colorado, which is, I think that's pretty sweet, Greg. Um, the wives love Denver. I, I don't know the explanation for it. I don't, I don't know what it is. But the wives love Denver and do not want to leave sometimes. So Sierra wanted to go live there. Yeah, so there's that. It's I I don't yeah. So maybe I mean I, I, I think he's I he, he's got seven by seven coming from somebody. You would right? think like, so. So this is what I'll say about Kadri. Yeah, is he uh, has been playing at a below market deal. He signed a long term deal with the Leafs that was that was below market. Yeah, uh, that during was a sweetheart the, uh, deal for a team. Yeah, the, for sure. He signed a six year deal at four and a half per. So, if you're Nazem Kadri, and your career earnings, so say say the people at Cap Friendly, $38 million, you add in some escrow, agent fee is going to be a lot, lot less than that. It's it's going to be real hard to leave $10, $15 million on the table to stay in Colorado. Yeah. That's a difficult decision to make. You know what I mean? So... I, I'm not saying he won't. I'm sure they're going to try. Yeah. But when you look at the list of free agents, and these are the players. It's a juicy who, free agent year for sure. Yeah. But no, I just mean players that just won the Stanley Cup three days ago. Yeah. Uh, or two days ago, rather. Um, Obey Cabell and Lekkonen are restricted. Now, Obey Cabell has our rights, but you would think that Obey they want Cabell, him back. who who dented the Stanley Cup, which I thought was hilarious because I think the Avalanche yeah. now ho- now hold, hold the record for fastest to damage the cup. But also, I, and I tweeted this out, I'm like, God, a guy who was cut by the Philadelphia Flyers two months into the season just dented the Stanley Cup. How great is that, right? Like, yeah, how absolutely great is that? So, Obey Cabell. Um, is a restricted free agent, and uh, you would think that's a relatively easy deal to figure out. Arturi Lekkinen, restricted free agent as well. Uh, to me, that's the guy that you go get term with amongst the players that I'm about to mention. Yeah, he's 26. Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, go get some term. And again, you have the RFA year as, as part of your leverage as a bargaining chip. Yeah. Uh, Andre Burakovsky, Nazem Kadri, Valerie Nachushkin, all free agents. Josh Manson, free agent. Like, uh, Darcy Kemper, free agent. So they've got cap space. They've got about $25 million in cap space, but they need to sign about, you know, eight guys. Like, well, not about, literally eight guys to have a team for next season. So we'll see what they do with that. I would, like, you know. Well, I don't know, about the, think... I don't know about the eight guys. It's probably going to be, like, six, seven, because you, you, one figures, because they had that weird Ben Myers signing, right? So Ben Myers and... And he's probably an NHL player next year. Yeah, so Myers and Oscar Lawson is probably an seven NHL. guys with $55 million. But, yeah. you know, the point ends that... Yeah, you, exactly. Sorry, they, not they, to harden. They, yeah. yeah, they've, they've got they, a couple they, of young guys them. that'll be coming up for sure, yeah. yeah. And, and, so the, and the fact they have those young guys coming up means that you know, bringing back all those vets is likely not something you want to do. Now, do you have one more year of McKinnon at 6.6? Yes, you do. And that's, or 6.3 rather. Yes, you do. And that's great. But one would suspect he's the highest paid player in the NHL starting in October of 2023, right? Yeah, perhaps. Or uh, like, uh, or somewhere in around know, the range of what uh, McDavid's tw- making, McDavid, right? Well, five. I like, yeah. I'd be surprised 
I'd be surprised to see McKinnon come in at under that. Yeah. So you think he's 13 yeah. per, I, I don't know. I, it's tough to say, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause exactly I just how- like, I don't know if, if like, I mean, he's, he's got his cup now. I don't know. Cause McKinnon is that dog, you know, like, I just don't know if he has the, He's got a little bit of that Michael Jordan in him, right? And we've seen that when when he like refused to let anybody smile when they did that when they were taking the photo with the Western Conference trophy. Um, so I don't know if he's that guy who's like, yeah, I'll take a slight haircut so that we can maintain, you know, so that we can be slightly more competitive. I don't know. Yeah. If you're an alternative guy, isn't I'm the highest paid hockey player on the planet? Something that would be a competitive thing. That's the other. That's the other thing I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know. And yeah, uh, so right? I just think that if it like that that negotiation is going to start, it probably has already started, but it can't be officially yeah. wrapped up till the middle of July. But if McKinnon's representatives come in with, yeah, we think he's going to be the highest paid player in the league uh, when when he signs this deal. If you're the Avalanche, you can't dismiss that out of hand no, i think that no, that's kind of where, where it starts right so yeah absolutely um, so yeah giving guys term in this situation is at big numbers going to be difficult because you've already got brandon and lampus and mccarr signed mm-hmm. up for like about 25 million bucks so yeah. once that, if, if there's another 13 for McKinnon, all of a sudden that's $38 million. So if you're putting Kadri seven and a half or whatever on top of that, or whatever Nachushkin's going to get, it's just going to be tough. And I think some team is going to give the Blake Coleman deal or maybe even better to Nachushkin. Yeah. That's the other thing is Nachushkin was a guy I didn't think that they were going to lose, but man, did he have a season and play himself into like everybody's radar uh, during this, uh, like Cal- Cal- dur- Blake Coleman, uh, uh, like 5.2 over five or something like that. Like, yeah. isn't that, and, isn't that, isn't that where it starts this summer for Nichushkin? Yeah. Nichushkin's only 27 too. I'm, and right. I'm and guy on a, the team that just won the cup. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have the greatest traditional numbers, but my fancy stats are really good. Give me $25 million. Like, isn't that the way this winds up? Like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, Coleman's got 4.9 over six years. So, like, five, five million a year over six years, so, like, 30 million bucks is probably, again, where this starts for Nachushkin. Yeah, so, five, like a five-by-five five type of deal, for sure. Contract, if Colorado signs that contract, that's fine. Like, I yeah. would be okay paying him that. But that's probably the guy you get this offseason. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you just can't go crazy with term. So. Yeah, I could, yeah, I can see I can see them bringing back Nachushkin. I can see them bringing back uh, Lekkinen. Uh, Kadri will be the big one that I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, he's probably Josh gone. Manson, it, I think, I think Josh Manson's just gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that was nothing more than a, he's here. And the, the, and the abs are going to, they're still going to have McCarr. They're still going to have Taves. They're still going to have Byram. And then Gerard will be back. Uh, Gerard, who was, that's the other thing Gerard was missing from this run with the broken sternum. Right. So he'll be back. So they're going to have Taves in two summers, by the way. And like, what's that? Yeah. Eight by eight. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I, yeah, Devin I mean, Taves. I, eight, I mean, he's going to be thirty in two summers, but you know, he's he's, he's going to be able to ask for a lot of money, and he will receive yeah. it. Yeah, that's so, for two years from now. But the Avs are going to have. I think they're going to have an extra six uh, because I would be stunned if Eric Johnson doesn't retire this off season. The way he 
talked after this was he, over about he's how leaving, he, he's leaving six million dollars on the table to not play next year. Maybe I I don't know, man. The way he, I, how often do you see a guy go back and take a lap after everybody has left the building? In yeah. after a Stan, after a Stanley Cup final presentation, that's the that's the only thing I can't wrap my head around is I've ne- I've never seen a man do that before. And then he admitted he almost retired to Elliot Friedman, right? He said I almost retired because I didn't know if I had it in me to uh, to to do it again because he was fighting through so many injuries. He was the first guy that Gabe Landeskog handed the cup to uh, after he lifted it up. Uh, and did a did a lap with it, it, it like he, like Eric Johnson was the first guy to get it because everybody was like we're just so happy for EJ who's been in the league for 15 years or however long it was without a if, uh, uh, if this is going to happen it's going to be an LTIR one not a straight up retirement because he's going to want yeah that, fair enough if, if if that's what it is I'm just saying I've just I've never seen them talk with the, that type of reverence before and then I've never seen a guy after literally there's nobody in the building. No, like there's a there's a shot and there's nobody on the ice there's nobody in the stands there's nothing and it's just Eric Johnson doing a lap around the ice it it, it looked like this is it for me so I got that sort of, I just I'm just saying I would not be stunned if that man retired but six yeah walking away from six mil you're you're not at a line bringing that up Craig at all I just yeah I just I I I want to put that out there that I think it, it felt like now, man might that, that say, might be hey, it I'm for... gonna go on long term injury that conversation maybe happen so yeah that's true and that gives them a little more room to play with but they have to be careful with that too just because one would suspect that byron's gonna hit a lot of his bonuses and new hook might hit some bonuses too yeah so bo's got one more year left on his entry deal too before they got to give him a little bit of that means if you're in ltir all year you might have those bonuses carry over uh and new same thing uh there there's some bonuses on on his deal too so yeah, because and, and Jay Fresh on Twitter, I remember, brought up something this morning. It was either this morning or yesterday, but he was saying the Avs should probably extend Byram right now because if you're Bowen Byram and you have the concussion issues that you have right you just, now. Or, if you have a chance to get the bag, you're just going to take it now. Yeah, are you not just taking a 5x5 five five right now if you're Bo Byram, right? If you, were, if you were him, if I were you would think his representation would say, yeah, you should take this just to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you don't know what the future is going to look like, and you have more of a history than some of these other guys. You've only made about two million bucks so far in your career, which you know is a lot of money. I'm not saying it isn't, but no. lock in that 25 mil. I know that. Hey, maybe you could make 35 to 40 if you just yeah. kind of play this out. But lock in the 25 mil. I think would be good advice. Yeah, so that that's a thing that could work out for both parties, right? But I imagine that's something that gets done too. And and um, the other thing I'm worried about with Valerian Nachushkin is I, he tweeted photos of his foot uh, and the X-rays, and he's got like a full-on broken left foot. So I don't know if uh, right right or left. I don't know. One of his feet is mangled, so I don't know if he's going for surgery or not. I don't know if it, and if he does have to go for surgery, I don't know if that hurts his. Uh, negotiating power this offseason. I, I hope not. I hope it's just one of those like, yeah, it's a clean break and I just need to stay off of it for a while and he can stay off of it while getting drunk at uh, various par- at various uh, uh, parties this week. So, uh, Well, he's not having a day at home with the cup. <laughs> oh, Which, man. But, yeah, I know some people are being critical of the league for that, but like, what else are you going to do? 
Uh, sorry, what were they? Being? Oh, because they're not. They're, they're saying the Stanley Cup can't go to Russia this summer. Oh, right. I right, forgot about that one. <laughs> what else? What else are you gonna do if you're the NHL? Like, you know, you say to you say to Chushkin and you say to I'm trying to think of any of the Russian players on the uh, Avalanche roster off Is the top of your head. Russian? Yes, yes, yes. Oh no, no, he's Swedish. Sorry, Swedish. Swedish, yeah. Um, you say you uh, you say to Chushkin. You know what, man? Look, you, we can have a day at your your home with the cup some other time, but we just we just simply can't do that now. It just we can't. We can't. Yeah, so, it's it's just him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one, and it sucks for him, and I I, I feel bad for him. But like, you know, if you're the league, yeah. like we can't have the Stanley Cup being prayed around Russia. Like we not we may not get it back. Like yeah, you know, we can, that's the that, thing. That's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Eurolanch, uh, like there, there's this thing called a uh, Eurolanch uh, that I guess it seems like most of Europe was pulling for the Avalanche in this one. I mean, I get they they got a pretty decent contentment with uh, the the a few Finnish guys and a couple of Swedish guys on the team, so that was a really cool thing that I I, I kept saw um, being tweeted. Ah, man, I'm gonna ask. Um, are we as we wrap this up? And I know we're kind of getting close to the end here. I'm yeah. going to ask you the, the question that I ask people on Twitter every year, and I didn't do it this year, about the cup champions. I'm going to I'm gonna set a line, and you're going to tell me what you think. Yeah. Over, under, two and a half Hall of Famers that played on the 2022 Colorado Avalanche. Over, over. under, two and a half. Way over. Way over. Okay, way, who are way, they? Way, way. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. Yep. Uh, That's Gabriel why. Land. why yeah, Gabriel Landis Cog. Um because he'll have the number. He'll have the numbers. Well, he's going to play for another six years. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. He'll have the he'll have the numbers. He'll have the cup, and I mean, they're arguing that Alexander Mogilny should get in. Um, I can't remember Landis Cox scoring seventy goals. Fair, very yeah. fair. Uh, so, because here's the thing for for Landis Cog yeah. is you look at the. You look at the resume, and again, this is the resume right now, and there's there's there, there's a few years left here. He's he's 29, but he's got a Calder, which you know, that helps. But he has zero postseason All Star appearances. He hasn't yeah. done that once. Yeah, you know what? And you're right. Other than that, perhaps Calder, I was a little cocky earlier when I said he's way never over. he's never he's never been nominated for like the best finish he has in the awards voting has been 23rd for a Selkie, other than the Calder. Okay. So you got a Calder and you got a Cup. That's pretty good. And you've got right now you've got 571 points. It's probably got to be another 500 that goes on there for you to get a whole lot of consideration, right? You probably got to get to a thousand. So yeah. nice player, and he'll get some points for being the captain of a of a good team for a long time. And they they want a cup. I just don't like a lot's going to have to go his way for him to be a Hall of Fame player going forward here, I think. You're right, you're right. And uh, I'm very critical of the standards of the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, have been in this podcast. Can't believe that Alexander Mogilny, uh, you know, Alexander Mogilny seems to be the big flavor of the day as to, to he needs to get in. And I'm like, really? Alexander Mogilny, the guy who was like... Well, yeah, I would say this. He was the, he was the first, um, one of the first guys to get through the Iron Curtain and come play in North America. Like, he was kind of like one of yeah. the leaders there. Of defecting, and I think that part of his story matters to the Hall of Fame, just because of how significant. Yeah. But yeah, and here's what I'll say: 
if I if Craig Needles ran the Hockey Hall of Fame and I decided who was in, who was out, Alexander McGinley would not get in. But there'd be about fifteen other guys who were in that yeah. wouldn't have gotten in. You know what I mean? So I, think I just think more. that like Mc, yeah, probably more. McGillney's better than Daniel Alfredson. McGillney has yeah. a better resume than Daniel Alfredson for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right? He Dan- just does. Yeah. So and Daniel Alfredson so, shouldn't be in. <laughs> like, you kidding me? Right. And um, so uh, that's why I said today, like, you know, there are guys that are not as good as McGillney that are that are in the Hall of Fame right now, and Daniel Alfredson's yeah. another one. Uh, but yeah, as far as the rest of the Avalanche, like, I, I, like barring something horrific, like McKinnon's in, and barring something yeah. horrific, uh, McCar- like McCarr's just started the the trophy <laughs> case that he's. Um, yeah. So yeah, they got I, two. They got two locks they for got sure. Two, that's why I said it at, at two and a half. Yeah, I'm you're not right. Sure the third one is. Yeah, I perhaps I was super. I was definitely I super cocky it. earlier when I said that over, and yeah. I've rethought it because the name I'm I'm staring at two names right now, and the two names I'll wonder is Taves. I don't know if he'll have the numbers, but man, he'll he might have the like analytics guys going like this guy that's, should that's, be in the fucking Hall possible. of Fame. Like yeah, and now he only got to the NHL when he was 24. I'm not saying that should be a yeah. strike against him. But he has, just hasn't had enough time to compile the numbers compared to some other yeah. guys. So probably not with Devin Taves, but who knows? Because he, he's also one of those guys who, the way he plays, he might play till he's fucking 40, right? Like That's true. And, um, and he ha- here's the problem that he's going to have. So he finished 8th for the Norris this year and 11th last year, which maybe he could have finished higher both times. But yeah. he's going to have a, a Norris ballot problem, whereas he's going to have a teammate that's finishing higher than him on the ballot regularly. Absolutely. And so that, I, I think that, that'll, that'll suppress his vote. So I guess the other guy you have to stare at is Bowen Byram. Who... I think I think that the, the next best chance is Rantanen. Rantanen, maybe? Yeah, I guess Rantanen could, could, could get Rantanen's there. I mean, Rantanen's got a only... all-star appearance. But yeah. He's got a second-team all-star appearance. He's only 25. He got heart vote. Well, he's only yeah. 25. And Rantanen, at the age of 25, is sitting right now with 408 career points. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it's Rantanen. Byram we Rantanen just saw as a Byram we just saw as a twenty one year old be the best player on the ice in the third yeah. period of a Stanley Cup final clinching game, though. Bowen Byram think, was I the best player on the ice. The top top end outcome of Byram's career is absolutely a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame appearance. Yeah. But But there's but a lot there's, of variables. Yeah. There's a floor there. Exactly. There's a floor there because of the concussions, unfortunately. Hopefully it doesn't go that way. But exactly. man, right? Like, man, he could he could like just watch it. He was twenty one. He he has not nope. been He's able really to good. complete a full season and he had no yeah, if, fear. If he could be no healthy, fear. like he yeah. Yo, yeah. he's gonna be he, he's gonna be an elite guy in the league for a long time. Yeah. But well, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of we'll see on that. Yeah, uh, sure. I will say from Colorado's perspective, the general manager is already in the Hall of Fame, so maybe that counts as getting the over two and a half. <laughs> Fair. But, yeah. uh, Beat Stevie Eisman <laughs> in the punch again, Joe Sagic. Eisman had an assistant GM Cup with the Wings in 08. True. But, true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think two and a half is the line because there's a few guys that okay, maybe this will go, maybe this will go. But yeah, barring something absolutely yeah. are McKinnon and. Uh, McKinnon and uh, and and McCarr are both and getting McCarr in. McCarr are yeah are, are for Last sure thing. Hall of Famers. I saw a couple of uh, the analytics uh, experts saying, hey, if you just analyze, you know, the playoff runs of uh, of the teams in the analytics era since since 07, uh, the wing, the 08 Red Wings 
and the 22 Colorado Avalanche are probably the two best teams of the salary cap era once we have the analytics added in, which, you know, pretty cool. And they do have something in common. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, but if you uh, if you if you didn't, you know what the, what they have in common. Darren Helm was it not? Darren Helm was on both teams, so there you go. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. He started, and, and and this is the end of the run for road for Darren Helm. Which if I were him, I'd think about it. Well, he's 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 still got something to give. But you start and end your career with stay with stay on the cup. That's not bad. Yeah, that's a good bookend for sure. Yeah, and he scored the biggest goal of this playoff run. We talked. We talked. We talked earlier maybe, about maybe the Cadre. The Cadre overtime winner might be bigger. Yeah, but it's we talk about this though with the Roberto Alomar home run before. Like everybody wants to talk about the Joe Carter home run is the greatest home run in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays, but we all know the number one home run with a bullet is the Roberto Alomar off Dennis Eckersley in Game Two. It's the home run before the home run, right? If if if. Yeah. If Almar doesn't get that home run in Game Two, Oakland goes up two nothing in that series, and maybe the Blue Jays don't have any World Series right now, right? Possible. It's possible. Yeah. If Darren Helm doesn't get that buzzer beater against St. Louis, who knows? Yeah. That and, and that was the thing that slayed the demons after they had coughed up Game Five, absolutely coughed up Game Five. And then yep. Game Six is in St. Louis. The second round demons nonsense is all well and good. And if they had to go back to Colorado for a Game Seven, it would have been a you know they they might have been you know gripping their sticks tight. Crowd might have been nervous. Who knows? And then Darren Helm just blasts one past Billy Huso with five seconds left, and the and the rest is history, right? So Darren Helm to me it, it's, it has the biggest goal of this. this I will run. just say it's not close. That that that's all entirely fair. Um, now the Cadre one's a way cooler story, though, for sure. Uh, the Kadri, not only is the Cadre one a cooler story, but like if the Stanley Cup final gets to two-two, yeah, who knows? Who you knows? Know? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So for sure, yeah. Uh, who is stopping pucks for? And you think I'm going to say my team, but I'm going to say your team, Craig, because uh, we're going to ask who's going to be stopping pucks for our team next year, for both our team next year. But let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who's stopping pucks for the Toronto Maple Leafs next year? I couldn't even begin to give you an answer to that question. It is it is a weird one because I don't know who's going to be stopping pucks for the Colorado Avalanche uh, next year. I know Pavel Francouz is going to be stopping pucks for 30 to 40 games. for the, Well, maybe not 30. Maybe more like 20 to 30 games uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. But I don't know who's going to be starting stopping the pucks because we're sitting here with uh, it looks like the big three uh, goalie free agents that are left are going to be Darcy Kemper. Marc-Andre Fleury, who's going to be 39 when next season starts, and Miko Koskinen, Craig. Well, the... I, I would rather have Jack Campbell than Miko Koskinen. Oh, uh, Jack Campbell. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I... I that's, that's a... I I'd rather have earlier, so he slipped my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd rather have Billy Husso, too. Husso's the... Yeah, I guess... Bi- Husso's... I, I think... Well, I don't know. Did Binnington do enough in that weird thing, which... The water bottle thing. Louis, oh, man. St. Louis yeah. can't afford to bring back Huso. They've already got $6 million invested in Bennington that they That's won't be true. able to get off. Yeah, and so Huso, wanted, played, Huso played Huso well last year. Yeah, he was, he was better than Bennington in the regular season. Not in the playoffs, but in the regular season he was. Yeah. And yeah, unless he wasn't spending $10-plus on that, that goaltending duo, which I wouldn't, 
yeah. you're kind of stuck with Bennington and a low price backup. So I hope he hope he's a free agent too. But yeah, do you want to yeah. count on Brayton? Like you know, you, you, so, so they've got Franco's right, and yeah. Franco's like he's let's say he plays 30 games. Do you want to count on Pulpy for 52? Yeah, that's uh. I wouldn't. I I would want. I would want to have the 52 guy and bring in mm-hmm. Holby to be the 30 guy. That's what I would want to do. And I yeah. would love the idea if if the Leafs can get off of the Mrazic thing. I'd love them to bring in Holby. That would be yeah. great. But you got to bring in someone who you think can play 50 if you're going to do that. Yeah, I'm curious as to how this is going to go for both of our teams. This is this is very precarious because I don't think because Kemper is a Stanley Cup winning goaltender now. Um who had very comparable numbers to Andre Vasilevsky in these playoffs when you put, or in the Stanley cup finals, when you, I was going to say in, it, just in that six game series, not playoffs yeah. long. Yes. No. Yeah. Now Francis or sorry, Kemper. It's very clear at this point that he played that entire blue series with one eye. So does that yeah. hurt him? I, I don't know. And that's the other thing. Like, I mentioned that every every player on this Avalanche team got their moment. Francis won six games. He started six games. He won the – he played all four. He started all four games in the Western Conference Finals and and won them all. It was – oh, man, everybody got there. And one of the cool moments – uh, At least one of those games was a goal fest, but yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, although he the, – the game that was a goal fest, he only let in half of them because that was when Kemper took himself out. So, yeah, so that wasn't really his fault. Um, uh, but one of the cool moments I saw was, uh, when the apps, like when it first went three, two, one, zero, obviously everybody goes and rushes the goaltender, right? Is, is, is the big move. Uh, when they zoom in, Kemper's like getting all, he's throwing his glove and he's trying to get his helmet off. And then the avalanche are kind of forming near him. He's literally olaying a bunch of, uh, like he olays two or three guys until Francis gets there. And then he just hugs Francis. And I'm just like, man, the, the goalie, the goalies, it's a fraternity there in the NHL, man. They're, they're, they're a different breed. Um, but back to the free agent talk. I, I mean, for the abs, it's going to be weird because I, you're not giving Kemper, uh, I mean, Kemper's got to be in line for something comparable to what Grubauer got last year, right? Like, no, I don't I, think so. I, I look at the health track record and not want to do that. Kemper's 32, so if you fight, sign him to six by six, all of a sudden that deal's over when he's 38. Like, if he yeah. gets that, more power to him. I just don't know if that money's going to be out there for him. So, yeah, but like, sorry, do you think, like, he's going to be in that five mil five six mil a year range though isn't yeah he? Like, I, I, like, I, I think that he'll be maybe not for six years but like three three by five yeah yeah that's what i'm saying he'll get the similar dollars but it will not be for the same term yeah so yeah, maybe. i don't yeah so i i can't see see him Those? being brought back by the abs but where do you where do you go and for the avalanche it's weird because i i the, the way i see it although i'm not a smart man it seems like the Avalanche think that Eustace Anonen can be the guy, but Anonen's a year or two away, so I don't think they want to get locked into a, a deep guy when they feel they've got somebody in the pipeline coming up, right? So oh, yeah. I, could I, you? Yeah. Could you get through a year? You know, with maybe you know maybe the, you give Flurry the one year deal for yeah. For big, that's what I'm. That's what I'm worried get, about. Is Flurry stuff? I wouldn't be worried about that. I think that's fine. Nah. What that? I don't know. That won the best just... a year ago. <sighs> uh, 
I don't know. And they just <laughs> won the Stanley Cup like 906 goaltending. Like you don't need to be good. You can yeah. be fine. And he he had 908 last year, so that might be it. Yeah. Um, might... I will say this for Darcy Kemper. Uh, made 18 million dollars in his career. And like it took it just took him a little while to establish himself as an NHL starter. So he's been in the league for a while, but he's made eighteen million dollars in that time frame. If Darcy Kemper were to say, and by the way, he's only played for more than two million in a season once in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, on one contract for the last two years. If Darcy Kemper were just to say, you know what, I just won the Stanley Cup. I may I will probably never have this many free agent options again for the rest of my career. I've only yeah. made eighteen million dollars. Yeah. I'm just gonna take I like. I don't even have to know which team is offering. I'm just taking the cash. Oh, like, yeah. That's, no, I don't blame him one iota. Yeah. Yeah. Take the money. Yeah. Like, um, I fully expect. Fully, yeah. Take yeah. The money. I fully expect Darcy Kemper will not be the goaltender for the starting goaltender for the Stop Colorado what? Avalanche when we drop Stop the puck next year. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm cute. Like, you know, we talk about golden musical chairs, and I just, you know, what? where are the chairs? You know what I mean? That's the other thing, yeah, is when you like, look at the who teams, is it, it's Who like, is in the market to go out and sign a goalie that's going to make $6 bucks a year? Yeah, that's the only thing. Is, and, is, and there will be some teams. Mm-hmm. Some teams will want to do that. I just don't know who that is going to be. That's the, that's the interesting part. And do goalies shake loose via trade once that occurs? If someone already has a starter with a little bit of term... So let's just say you're the Leafs or you're Colorado. Yeah. Do you look at the first couple of days of free agency, sort of see who might land where, and think to yourself, hey, we can probably get the guy that just got usurped by the big high free agent, the big high price free agent. We can probably get him for a seventh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I get, and I, I, I should have had some names to spitball about this before I started talking about it, but there will be teams that are gonna do that they're yeah. gonna sign a goalie and then trade the one they have off their roster so we'll see uh and here's an here's a colorado name Semyon varlamov yeah one year left at five mil yeah maybe come on home Semyon. <laughs> well yeah well, i know he's, he's familiar with more. the franchise right yeah yeah i think that's a good leaf one too from the yeah. perspective of i've heard that bandied about it a little bit as varlamov to the uh, yeah the least, which is which is fine. I'd I'd be totally fine with him being one of the guys, absolutely. And if they can get off Morazic and it's Varlamov and Holtby, sign me up. Um, just because you know it's they're... oh god, is it is it the Minnesota Wild who give? No, they're in cap hell. Never mind because of the thing. I was gonna say, is it the Minnesota Wild who do that? And then Cam Talbot who oh. was unceremoniously discharged. Uh, with the way they treated him, does he go on the Cam Talbot uh, revenge tour? Well, they're not in a position to go spend money on a goalie. But that's the problem. Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, that that was a scenario that was bouncing around in my head, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, no, they can't do that. Um, man, Columbus. Yeah, maybe? I'm I, like, well, Edmonton. Edmonton's gonna be in the market. I could see Ken Holland overspending yeah. on Darcy Kemper. Yeah, isn't that that isn't that team where you you could think that could hypothetically happen? Um, yeah. who else? Might could could Here's the Buffalo a, Sabres go with? Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo maybe. They think they want yeah. to be competitive soon, but they, they've said that before and been horribly wrong. But nonetheless, maybe that's something they do. Be it Kemper, be it Jack Campbell, be it whoever, right? 
Is it the um, Ducks and then you move Gibson, maybe? I think they're going to have a hard time making that deal. Yeah, probably hard... not either. They're so far away. They, they're not in the goalie market, right? Um, Eisenman would never, I don't think, would do that. I think he's smart enough no. to make that. So I don't think it's Detroit. Yeah, I, mean, I could, yeah, I could try going five by five on Campbell, but I don't see them doing, you know, six by three on Kemper. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, I mean, man, is there something there with the Montreal Canadiens? Is, is there some Carey Price shenanigans with the with the Montreal Canadiens? No, I, I, well, I don't know what's going to happen with Montreal. I think that they yeah. are probably just going to let things stay the same and then you the thing about a goalie is if if, yeah. if if price is unable to play the start of the year you'll be able to claim someone off waivers to be the backup for allen and allen can play 50 games and you'll be fine yeah uh, and the Habs are probably shifting into we're going to go for back-to-back first overall picks right like we're going we're gonna yeah, go to right we're going to go for shane Wright and connor bedard is probably the well, especially we'll considering skip. apparently they're trying to trade josh anderson which is which, I was stunned when I read that today. I was no, like, I, if I were them, I want to get off that contract as soon as I can. Oh yeah, it makes sense with the Habs. I just don't know how you do it because that's such a bad deal. Yes, uh, but if someone's willing to give you stuff, just do it because that mm-hmm. contract's ticking, like it's it's not good now, but it's a ticking time bomb to be on like just Worse. awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm staring at the list of teams, Craig, right now, and I don't see a single like team that it makes sense to shell out money for a goalie honestly i i don't see a single team that is that is so strange because the teams that can do it shouldn't do it yeah then that's that's the incumbent starter that gets moved into trade after they sign a goalie is blackwood yeah maybe but isn't blackwood uh no that's wedgwood that's uh i got my my goaltenders with the wood and the last name mixed up i mean yeah but 2.3 He's not really proven to be a good goaltender, though. No, and, and that, well, he's he's been very up and down. But if you think you can sort of like you know figure things out with him, he's got talent. So yeah. that's not a bad one. Yeah, because the teams that should or the teams that could absolutely should not. Like the Arizona Coyotes should not. The Chicago Blackhawks should not. Like the Chicago Blackhawks talk themselves into thinking that they they're gonna. No, I think they know it's rebuild time. I think that the yeah. if I, Chicago, you know who I want my starting goalie to be. Peter Morazic. Yeah. Because okay. I want stuff from the Leafs in order to make that happen. Yeah. And so, go, uh... and then if he gets hurt, whatever, we'll lose games. That's the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's another interesting goalie name. Jonathan Quick for a year at $5 million cap head. Yeah, maybe. He, Jonathan, <laughs> if, thing... if, you have, if you have Quick and, if, if Quick and Francois and you yeah. only have to one year, $5 mil for Quick? The thing about the thing about quick is these days uh, Berkshire had that really funny tweet where he he says Jonathan Quick's got one good month in him every year. <laughs> that's that's kind of about it, right? Now could that month be, you know, May and for June? The Kings, for the Kings yeah. in the past, it has been May and June. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's that's becoming a pretty distant past pretty quickly. Yeah. So sure. we'll see. But goalie musical chairs is going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks here. Very yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, you think of Genny Malkin as playing for not the Pittsburgh Penguins next year? I would. I think that if he was going to be back in Pittsburgh, we'd know it already. I think so. Like, <laughs> that's the thing that I'm wondering. I'm like, because the, the the thing that I'm licking my chops with with the Avalanche is after you win a cup, you start to get the mercenaries, right? And 
are, are the mercenaries going to be there for? If you're uh, getting Malkin, who has three Stanley Cup rings, a yeah, that's not not part. really a mercenary thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're, I think you're like, and you're leaving. To me, if you're leaving Pittsburgh, you're not doing it for mercenary contract. You know what I mean? If you're leaving, no. Pittsburgh, doing it for straight cash, homie. You know? Yeah, true. Now, is Closure Rue interested in a mercenary Colorado contract? Yeah, that that could be one. Although the the buzz on him is he still uh, he's he's still very much attached to the state of Florida for reasons not uh, well. I mean, beyond the actual, I, I don't understand. Like, where's like, what are the Panthers doing in order to have unless Drew's playing for Pittens? Yeah, what are the Panthers to have money for this? Yeah, I don't know. Because like this their this situation. Their salary cap situation all of a sudden is really tough. The Florida really Panthers, tough. I'm I'm staring at long and hard as a team that we need to be fading next year, gambling wise. I just, just on me, yeah, just on some of their totals and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah I want to see what they are, but no, I couldn't agree more. Because uh, yeah, they go from paying Barkov five point nine to ten and a half. Their Keith Yandel buyout goes up to like four million bucks. Uh, Carter Verhage goes from making a pittance to making four million bucks. All of a sudden, their nice and rosy cap situation from the deadline is gone. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they the next time they pick in the first round of the draft, my daughter, who's just finishing up junior kindergarten, is going to be in grade three. So Ooh. it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I guess, yeah, I'm staring at it now. It's not a great year for, I mean, I'm sure they'll get one of these guys on a mercenary deal. But, I mean, like. P.K. Subban, is he still, like, is P.K. Subban a third pair defenseman at this point of our lives? I'm not sure. Like, is he even is he even a third pair defenseman at this point? Because, like, if he comes I, to the avalanche, he'd be on the third pair, right? Like, yeah, he, he's not I, playing top four minutes. No, no, certainly not. My gut on is P.K. Subban a third pair defenseman right now is, pro- like, yes. But, like, I'm not sure if this is a third-pair defenseman where you pay him 800 k and you get more than 800 k value out of him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Look, is, the, yeah. The, is it the, there like, anymore? Mark, Short, yeah. Mark Shortano is, like, the, the contract that he just did with the Leafs. Like, there's a yeah. ton of extra value coming out of that deal. I'm not sure there'd be a ton of extra value out of PK's deal. I think that he might be just straight up a third-pair defenseman at this point in our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it'd be, cool be the... it'd be cool to see another team that's relevant again, though. Yeah, like ever since the New Jersey thing happened, he's been on a relevant. Like the team's been completely irrelevant the whole time. Yeah. It'd be cool to see him on a team where he was playing games that mattered again. Maybe, maybe that helps him out a little bit. We'll see. But that's what I would like to see happen this off season for him. Is he gets to a spot where, oh yeah, no, maybe this uh, work out and and we can see him play in some big games. Um, where's Johnny Gaudreau playing hockey next year? Calgary Flames. Yeah, really? You think he resigns? Interesting. Yeah, I think so. I thought. I thought. I think he's deciding to test free agents. I would not be I surprised. Think he goes and looks, but I think he winds up sticking. That's my. That's my bet. Maybe. I, I. I. The only thing. The only like slight hesitation I have is does Seattle really break out the purse strings for Johnny Gaudreau? Because he is the big get. They have the cap space, and they need a guy to wear the C for them and put on posters next year. So is is Johnny Gaudreau a guy that the... Yes, that's... That's 
that's a conversation you have if you're the Kraken. Yeah. I think Philip or I think Philip Forsberg is that guy for them. Really? Yeah, he could be too. Yeah. It's I guess you man, I'm staring at it now and it's not a great year to be the team that just won the cup and get those mercenary guys because it's like Malkin probably not Giroux, maybe, but see, it sounds like he likes Florida. Phil Kessel's got two. I mean, and I don't think he's looking for a mercenary deal. Latang, same thing. Bergeron's I, already. I, you, know, you know what I think about Kessel? I think that he winds up sticking around in Arizona. Yeah, you, they he need guys. Yeah, he he likes it there, and they need guys who will yeah. go there. What I mean, they need real life NHL players. So I think he winds up yeah. sticking there. And like Philip Forsberg is not going to be in the cards for the avalanche, especially not on a, on a mercenary deal sort of a thing. Strawman, maybe Anton Strawman, but how much has he got left in the tank? No, I think that the tank is pretty much empty there. Of course, like yeah. maybe he gets out of the zone and things are a little bit better, but I think the tank's pretty much empty there. Yeah. So I, Subban, I don't know. Not, it, Subban, honestly, if you can get Subban for, you know, a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And put a, he'd, he'd be a, playing, he'd be playing, he'd be the fifth or sixth defenseman on the team, which that can't kill you. Right. Like, and then who knows? Maybe he oh. gets reju- maybe he gets rejuvenated. But I just think his back is shot is the problem, right? Like, yeah, and that's that's what I think too. Yeah, you know, like you know, yeah. just because he used to be a guy that you can trust in both zones. But now, if you look at the numbers, like oh man, once he's out there in the defensive zone, things get a little bit ugly pretty quickly. And and look, he's only thirty two. But and some people would say, well, he, he, he can't be washed. But sometimes that with back injuries, man, like those those are tough, right? So. Andrew Kopp, maybe, but he's... Uh... Oh, I got it. Ben Sherratt. <laughs> ben Sherratt, free agent. <laughs> Honestly, if you can get... like, like Sherratt is going to get some money. Uh, Andrew yeah. Kopp, one, like, Andrew Kopp's a guy who I think is going to get a lot of money. Yeah. And well, because he... And he's going to he, get a deal that I think is instantly regrettable for the team that signs him to it. Absolutely, because, like, uh, it's the... Like, who was the guy in the Ducks that one year? They, they Or who was the, the... Matt Bolesky. Bolesky, that's the guy's name. He's the famous. Uh, he signing in Boston, and Boston has to pay the Rangers to take the contract. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not saying that Cop is going to be full Bolesky, but be based on what he did in the biggest American market that we've got in the Rangers, there all the way to a Eastern Conference Finals. Cop is better. You know? Yo, oh yeah, cop is cop is a lot better, but I'm just saying that it's like the 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 shooting percentage and what he did in the playoffs is somewhat yeah. comparable, and it could wind up with somebody making a uh, a silly mistake, a somewhat silly mistake. So, yeah, I don't know. If, I think Colorado's best bat for a mercenary is to guy just re resign their guys. I don't. I don't see. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the thing, and I don't see any mercenaries. Uh, Vincent Trocheck. Vincent Trocheck, by the way, is a guy that I think that, like, depending on what kind of, like, I think that the, the next the team that gets him next will be pretty happy with him. Yeah, That's maybe it's him. I, yeah. Yeah, maybe they. Uh... Now, yeah, now the, the thing with Trocheck is you're going to have to pay full freight if you go get him. Yeah, that's true. As will need a center too, so I don't know. Yes, tough to say, tough to say. But I mean, it might just be like, hey, we bring back Nachushkin and and uh, yeah, and Lekkinen and then Alausen and Byers yeah. or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring back Nachushkin and Lekkinen, and you fill the rest of the roster with bargain guys, and you've already got some of those guys in your system, so that's probably yeah, exactly, way. yeah. That's it. Um, they released the odds for the Stanley Cup for next year. Uh, Colorado, despite the fact they only got half a team right now, is five to one. 
uh, to win the cup. But I think that's just pretty standard stuff. They always kind of give it to the team that just won the cup. Uh, just because I, I assume they get a lot of easy money. Number two was a tie, Craig, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and your Toronto Maple Leafs, who are yeah plus seven hundred, right? Yeah, I, I, nine to one. I've seen on some sites, but uh, they're they're both uh, tied. And now the Leafs get some of that because they're public, but they're also a pretty good team. And I feel pretty comfortable saying this. I truly believe that there were only four teams that could have uh, realistically won the Stanley Cup this year. So uh, the two that played the final, the Leafs, and who's the fourth one? St. Louis. Yeah. And I don't want to – and the only other team, I just want to say no disrespect to what the New York Rangers did, but um, because I think they – they did a lot of good stuff this year, and that's a tremendous step forward for them. I don't realistically think that they had a shot, but I, I the, the only other team I want to say no disrespect to is the Rangers. Every other team ever, that made the playoffs this year, um, I'll go full disrespect on. You had no shot. And well, I'm staring at you, Edmonton, like, <laughs> and Calgary. Rangers pass, the Rangers' pass of the Cup was very clear, if unlikely, which yeah. was, you Sturkin know. Sturkin just, just goes 9-6. Yeah, and he didn't do that now mm-hmm. i will say this the rangers probably go out in the first round of five if true but yeah. crosby up. very true or if they aren't down to their third string goaltender fucking been there as a colorado avalanche fan right you losing you losing a grueling seven game series and you're like hey if we didn't have to play our third string goaltender for a large chunk of that series probably would have won that one right like uh <laughs> So yeah, so there's there's that, but like I do I do think that was the uh, I do think it, there, it was honestly just the four teams, and I know some teams like some people like the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild ended up playing uh, the Blues in the first round, and that would be considered one of the four. But I, I don't know, I just I was never really impressed by that Wild team. I thought and the yeah, were... they're fine, but like going forward here, Kevin Fiala is not going to be on that team anymore, and he's a big no. part of. It. I just and they're like, boned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in a bad way. Like they're they're gonna have a very very hard time being competitive for the next three years. Very yeah, hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Colorado Avalanche, your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, how much money do you think I spent on title gear on uh, NHL.com after uh, this was over? I'm gonna say 120 dollars. Uh, it's, it's over. It's over $120. It nearly cracked two bills. Um, I bought, I bought that gray hat that everybody's wearing and a couple of the, the title shirts. I wanted that, that like soccer style scarf that they are, that they all had. What do you think they were charging for the soccer style championship scarf, Craig? 30 bucks. Finny. Jeez. Ah, uh, that was that was the only thing that I was like, that's fucking egregious. Is the like that dope scarf that you have? You're charging fifty bucks for that. That's it's simply asking too much. <laughs> like I just that that was that was too much for me. So I had it in the in the in the box, and then saw the the cost and was like, oh boy, <laughs> that's like. As as euphoric as I am right now, I haven't lost my damn mind. No, you limit play with it. Exactly. Oh man, thank God we don't have to watch any of those uh, any of those courses. Last thing before we get out of here, Craig. Uh, Thirty seconds on the Toronto Blue Jays. They're fine. You think they're fine? I'm a little worried yeah. about this. Uh, it's a I mean, 
in June. It's not a big deal. They just beat the Red Sox. That's fun. They yeah, beat they, them yeah, walked them off, no less, which was... Yeah, uh, turned out Vladdy's still pretty good. So Yeah, yeah which is yeah. great. Yeah, getting the two over, uh, getting the two over the, the the Red Sox has soothed my jangled nerves because the Red Sox passed them last yep. week, and I was and, like, "Come and, on, now and, we can't and, be getting passed by the Red Sox." They go right? for a sweep with uh, the current leader in the clubhouse for the American League Cy Young on the mound tomorrow. Manoa on the mound tomorrow. It, it, if, if he if he's not the leader for the AL Cy Young, I do not know who that person would be if it's not him. Is it Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole started slow, but the last like three starts he's had have been like, yeah. ooh, right? I've been like borderline no hitters, right? Manoa did not start slow, so true. He's yeah, the guy. so you're right. He's a club, he's a clubhouse leader for sure. And Cole always has these games where, for whatever things reason, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, things just get yeah. weird for him. So. I think yeah. that uh, I'm not worried about the Blue Jays at all. Yeah, I didn't. I I legitimately didn't get worried until the Red Sox passed them the other day, and I was like, "Hold on, come on now!" Like, like we're we're well, almost like, into July. <laughs> you can't get be getting passed like, by the Red Sox. But right? what also helps is the fact that Rob Manfred has watered down the playoffs in an incredible way. So, yeah. you know what I mean? At some point, like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, at some point they're playing a, a three game series to decide they're going to make the playoffs because they're not going to catch New York. So. No, yeah. And they're going to get in the playoffs. So, like, you know, is that a home or a road series is all we're really kind of determining right now. And it's kind of the same for the Red Sox and the same for the Rays. So, you know, whatever. I would be somewhat stunned, though, if the ALCS was not the Yankees and the Astros. Unless Tampa Bay has something to say somewhere in there. Because Tampa Bay, you know, I, I, they'll, they'll I, get you. Yeah. I don't like, like... Are, are, like, are the Yankees and Astros that much better than the other teams in the American League that... Hey, who knows what would happen in a best of five? Like, you know, are they 60 40 against the other teams in the American League in a best of five? Like, they're still. 40. I don't know, man. The, the, there's they're, that weird Yankees magic going on right now. They, we haven't seen it. It's been dormant for close to a decade now, but, you know, this, this year has been a little. I don't know. They're getting those walk-off wins, you know, and, and from their big from their big time guys. I'm a little worried about the Yankees. The, the, uh, I'll say I'm officially worried about the Yankees, but they, the Yankees oh, no, get no, no, like no, Tampa no. Bay. All I'm saying is I'm, I'm not saying the yeah. Yankees, like Yankees are probably the best. Well, not probably. They certainly are the best team in the American League, but they're mm-hmm. they're 60 percent against Toronto or Boston or Houston in a best of five, right? Yeah, I mean you're probably right. I just think I I I, I can see the path in my head of the Yankees getting their revenge in the ALCS against the Astros and then playing like and then. You know the MLB basically creaming its pants because they got Dodgers Yankees, right? Like, is that not? Is that? Can you see that happening? Yes. I mean, yeah, that's something I can see happening. But who knows? Long way to go. Craig Needles, thanks for doing this. Uh, the uh, Crossword Podcast available at the CrosswordPodcast.com, Facebook.com/slash Crossword Podcast, and sound, or no, not on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please write and subscribe, five stars only. Uh, and as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. You can also find us on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher that you happen to be using. Um, that'll be it for this podcast for a bit i don't know how often i am going to be able to record uh over the next little bit uh just because i got a lot going on it's summertime there's stuff happening people are getting married i got i got to get my house in order a little bit so the uh the podcast may be taking a step back so i don't know maybe maybe the next time you hear this podcast it might not be till football comes back we'll see 
Um, I'll try to sprinkle in the odd one for here and there, but it's certainly not going to be week to week for the foreseeable future. Maybe, um, off season one after we kind of, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 see. We'll we'll try to find spots here and there. It's just definitely not. I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to have time to do stuff like to to do the really fun stuff like having Mac on to talk about like you know SummerSlam and Money in the Bank and stuff like that. But you know, probably still do the Marvel movies. Probably do this and that. But uh, we'll see. It's 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 fluid going forward for sure. But all that matters. The Colorado Avalanche are your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Uh, take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Just let me know she cares. Say it ain't so, I will not go. Turn the